0: is presented in part by Bridgestone. We're passionate about making tires you can count on to perform when it matters most. This is Popular Technology Radio your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends. Now, here's your host.
1: Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Popular Technology Radio. I'm Mike Etcher, and I am happy you are here today. We are going to be talking about cell phone companies and plans today. And One thing you never hear anybody say, or at least nobody that I know, I love my carrier. My carrier is AT&T, and I have five iPhones on that plan. And I squint and cringe every time I write that check every month, which I just did, as a matter of fact, for my most recent bill. And it's been 12 years since the rollout of the iPhone, of the original iPhone. And there is no going back. We all have smartphones. We all love our smartphones. We all rely on our smartphones. But our smartphones are doorstops without the cellular coverage. And therefore, we are connected at the hip with, depending on who your carrier is, the big four with Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile or Sprint. They are Maybe the villains in my story, but they are certainly companies that aren't going away, and uh, we all need those cellular carriers to use our smartphones. So we we have to have them. They are a necessary evil, if you will, in our lives, but there's much to know about them. They are all slightly different, and – as we say in the world of tech and when you're comparing products, your mileage may vary. So even if T-Mobile has a great price, maybe in your neighborhood T-Mobile does not work very well. I remember one of the first cell phones I got on my own after I had work cell phones it was on the old Pac-Bell system. And back then, the information wasn't all that good, nor was the coverage. And I remember taking that on my drive home back when you could talk on the cell phone in your car, which you can't do at least here in California any longer. And I was talking to my wife on my way home, and I was about 10 miles from my house, and all of a sudden, my cell phone dropped, and it never came back. And I learned uh, that night on my, first, my new cell phone that I had from Pacific Bell that their coverage didn't extend into the town that I lived in. And I was greatly disappointed. And so I, I knew for the first 10 minutes of my drive in and out from home, it just did not work. And over the years, at different times, each one of the big four, I've had all of them at different points. And from where I lived, I had a company phone that was on T-Mobile, and it was terrible. And I had one on Sprint, and it was terrible where I lived at the time. And I lived in kind of a semi-rural area at the time. So all of this stuff is so dependent on where you live. So you're not really comparing apples to apples when you're comparing cell phones Companies, it's it's got asterisks by them. It depends on where you live. They all, of course, have coverage maps on their websites, so that's very important to look at when you are perhaps shopping around. Um, but the prices, at least in my observation, continue to kind of go up. It doesn't seem like my cell phone bill ever goes down. Um, but of course, it's wonderful to have the data plans. It's wonderful to have. Phones with you at all times, with cameras on them. All of that stuff is such a wonderful convenience. And there is no going back. As a friend of mine used to say, at least with a cell phone, there's no downtime. I'm never bored. Whether you're in line at the grocery store or waiting at the doctor's office, you immediately have the world in the palm of your hands. You can check the news. You can watch a video on Netflix. You can do all kinds of things. You can buy jeans on Amazon. Everything you can do with downtime. All because of, of a cell phone. So I get it. They are here for good. And just like our cell phone bill is here for good. So, But that is an expense that many of us never used to have. You know, I've had cell phones for quite a while now, but boy, it sure starts to go up. And I have kids, I have family, and therefore I have five iPhones on my plan. Thankfully, we don't buy the latest ones for my family members, but we do have five cell phones on our plans, five smartphones, and it really starts to add up. So I guess uh, my question to you as you listen today, are you happy? with your cell phone character, character. Are you happy with your cell phone carrier? Maybe they are characters as well. Uh, are you happy? I'm not terribly happy with mine, but I'm not, it's, it's kind of a headache to move. So I'm going to keep my phone in my case, at and I don't plan to move. And it's at least from where I live, it is just a little bit less good than Verizon in terms of coverage. Uh, I've kind of calculated at a particular place where I spend a lot of time. It's right at the edge of AT&T service. If I had uh, Verizon, I could go about another quarter of a mile, if that. And then there is no cell coverage after that. So I'm pretty happy with what I've got, happy in the sense of the coverage, not happy with the bills. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the different plans, the technologies that are out there, what's kind of going on in the industry and what can we maybe expect in the future as you maybe know from past shows we've done 5g is coming so does that going to really matter when it comes to the cell service we will find out joining us today we've got someone from the wire we've got rob pegorero and he's got a great article on these very very topics what is the best cell uh, cell phone plans it's right there on the on the wire we're going to talk to him about that today all the stuff in terms of cell phone plans that is our topic of the day and so we got to take a break and when we come back we will get right into it you are listening to pop tech
0: radio
1: Hey, welcome back, everyone. It is Pop Tech Radio, Mike Edshart, and we've got Rob Pegarro. He is a contributor for the wirecutter.com and they have a wonderful kind of a continuing article. If you click on TheWireCutter.com and type in Cell Plans, you'll see Rob's ongoing article probably on the different carriers. So, Rob, welcome to the show. Nice to have you. Thanks for having me. And, you know, before you started writing this, were you, like me, kind of a antagonistic relationship with your cell carrier? Uh, you know,
2: so I've been with T-Mobile for a while, and that's generally been pretty good. But before that, I was with Sprint for a while. I was with Verizon. Somehow I never signed up with AT&T. Oh, okay. Um, so technically, my first carrier was not Verizon, but Bill Atlantic Mobile. That's a Oh,
1: woman. going back. Yep. Well, let's start with the main players. So there's only four systems in the U.S., is that correct? Four national carriers. You have some regional ones like U.S. Cellular.
2: Then you have all the prepaid brands, some of which are owned by the four big carriers. Some are independent resellers. Yeah, it's complicated. You might think we have so many different networks, but there's really just the big four, which could be three, if Sprint and T-Mobile do in fact conclude the merger they would very much like to conclude.
1: Yes, they would, wouldn't they? And of course, all of this stuff, you know, the the classic line, your mileage may vary um, depending on where you live, with any of your relationship with any of these carriers. And as, as I think I mentioned in my first segment, I've actually had all four at one time or another. I had Sprint at one time, and I thought nothing could be worse than Sprint. And then we switched over to T-Mobile, and I found out, in fact, something could be worse. (laughs) And it was T-Mobile for where I live. And and that's kind of a rural area. And we should maybe mention that uh, between the big four, there's only two different technologies, right? There's CDMA and there is GSM. Code division, multiple
2: access, and global system for mobile. Years ago, of course, there was Nextel, and they used a different standard called IDEN. I don't even remember what that stands for. My wife used to work for Nextel for a time.
1: (laughs) But it used to exist, but it no longer does. So we've got the two. Now, and my understanding is that uh, CDMA, which is Verizon and Sprint, if I'm not mistaken, that is the older of the two systems, right? And therefore, at least where I live, Verizon tends to be, in terms of like if you're going into kind of rural areas, it tends to be slightly better. You get a little bit further coverage than with the other ones. Is that kind of a correct assessment?
2: Not worldwide, because the first digital system was GSM, and it was actually the first one to come to the U.S. If any of your uh, Gen X (laughs) listeners remember a company called Sprint Spectrum that debuted around the D.C. Baltimore area in the mid-'90s, they had a GSM system.
1: I vaguely Uh, remember that.
2: Yeah, and essentially T-Mobile is the direct linear descendant of Sprint Spectrum, just you've got this weird corporate family tree of this network was sold to this company which was then bought by this one and all that hardware then ended up with this third company and so cdma came along a little bit later and, and you know as far as coverage i think you're more likely to see a bigger difference in terms of like what frequency is it is it a low frequency band that reaches uh, far into buildings uh you know has better coverage that way uh, you know if you've not to get into five G, but that's where you could see a whole lot of hype. And if you don't understand that, like millimeter wave five G is really not good for range. So,
1: <laughs> in, so we've heard, yes, the new thing is it, it requires a lot more antennas, or or yeah, it's going to be it's different uh, than what we yeah. have currently. And that's coming, which is I guess good news.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's been coming for a long time. I get to actually try out a five G phone or hotspot myself. Oh, no one, no one has the service lit up in D C.
1: Oh, interesting. But as we sit here today, there are four. And I guess one of my questions has always been, what allows a a company, because I know Spectrum is now hawking their mobile service, and I haven't figured out which system they're built on. Spectrum, I'm pretty sure, is
2: Verizon. Same thing with
1: Comcast. There are some
2: cases where the reseller can't actually say whose network they're reselling. I think that's consumer-cellular, a very well-regarded reseller. And Ting, another one that seems to do pretty well in a lot of reader surveys, they don't actually tell you which networks they run. But if you look at their coverage maps and compare them to the coverage maps of the big four carriers, you'll see pretty clearly that they're both reselling AT&T and uh, T-Mobile.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> if I have that straight,
2: I know I need to check my the wire cutter guide myself to make sure I didn't miss
1: anything. <laughs> well while you're doing that, let's take a quick commercial break. We are talking with Rob Peguerrero. He is the contributor with the wire cutter. We are talking about cellular plans. Do you like yours? Are you happy with yours? Or do you just put up with yours? And we'll get more with Rob when we come back. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio.
0: Brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years. Whether it's UV-coated brake discs, low-dust premium ceramic brake pads, or high-temperature brake fluid, BremboStoreUSA.com is the place to go to buy genuine Brembo OE-equivalent replacement brake components. Go to BremboStoreUSA.com to help you achieve that 60-0 to zero braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. Brembo, the choice of champions and consumers for over 50 years.
1: And we are back, Pop Tech Radio. We are talking cellular service, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, And all of the other folks uh, that fall in behind them, we've got Rob Pegorero. He's the contributor of The Wirecutter. He has an ongoing awesome article that kind of really lays out all of the different carriers, the pluses and the minuses. And Rob, so we've got the big four, but depending on where you live, there are regional options, I gather. But if you have a regional option wherever you live and then you travel, does it do handoffs with somebody? How does that thing work?
2: You're often going to run into roaming. The different carriers will sometimes lean into each other's coverage. If you look at the fine print for some of the prepaid services, as I recall, Verizon's prepaid, uh, they don't allow roaming on that. And I once had a reader email me to say, like, this is a bigger problem than you realize. Like, I go to Puerto Rico, and I can't use my Verizon prepaid phone.
1: Wow. Looking at your article and just kind of what I've observed, so any one of the big four, they tend to have... A prepaid service, often with a different name, or they have kind of the regular month-to-month one that that many of us have. I mean, I'm not even sure what they call it. Post-paid, that's right. And I pay on the last possible day. So do each of the big four have prepaid and the postpaid plans?
2: Yeah, and sometimes it's obvious. Verizon prepaid is literally called Verizon prepaid. No okay. mistaking that. Uh, AT&T, they have the prepaid service, but they also own Cricket Wireless. You might think this is not at t like their colors are green, not orange. It's <laughs> ATT. and uh, Sprint, they have Sprint prepaid. They also have Boost Mobile, which was originally a Nextel prepaid brand, Uh, Uh, and they have Virgin Mobile USA because, sure, why not do this in triplicate? (laughs) T-Mobile has (laughs) T-Mobile prepaid. They also have what used to be Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile, and then you have companies that resell one or more of these, and you have to choose which network you're going to roam on. That's the case with Ting and Consumer Cellular. Google Fi uh, resells Sprint, T-Mobile, and US Cellular, and their system is set up so the phone switches from one to the other as needed. So oh, really are sort of, it's not one of those three, it's all three at once.
1: When it gets right down to it, so let's forget coverage. Do you like one more than the other? Are they all pretty much the same in terms of customer service and you know cost? Or are there some dramatic differences between the four, let's say? Yeah, so the big four prepaid ones, there are differences, not so much in what you would pay for
2: unlimited data. They all offer that. But you have to look into things like You know, do they include mobile hotspot, a.k.a. tethering, where you're sharing your phone's bandwidth with your laptop or tablet over Wi-Fi? Sometimes that's included. Sometimes that's capped at a really low speed where it's not really useful at all. Then it's how much do you get. One thing that is different a lot is roaming in other countries. Sprint and T-Mobile have a pretty good deal where their plans basically let you use your phone in Canada and Mexico as if they were the 51st and 52nd states. Verizon, some plans include that roaming in Canada and Mexico, some don't. The rest of the world, the big difference is Sprint and T Mobile will give you essentially free low speed roaming. You get two G edge data, which, you know, would have counted as broadband when I got my first phone in nineteen ninety nine. which Not you know what orbit. a two G connection is fine if you're on vacation. You need to look up Directions from the airport to your hotel. Maybe you can Instagram on two G. Just give your phone a little more time to upload the picture. And with Verizon and AT and T, you have to buy a. Uh, There's various day pass rates, which are usually ten bucks a month. And you know, once you spend it, you certainly get a much faster connection. But ten dollars a month can add up. You spend five days in Europe. You spent basically most of what you paid normally every month on top of that regular bill.
1: Right. Speaking of the rest of the world, Rob. My belief, and I'm not sure if I'm right about this, is that the rest of the world pays a lot less for cellular service than we do. Is that your sense as well? It certainly can be. Like, when you look at some of the prepaid rates I've paid,
2: like, this is going back a few years, but in Ireland, as I recall, I paid five euro for a prepaid SIM, two gigs of data or a gig of data, way more than I needed, way less than I would have paid for that amount of data in the US. Yeah, I don't think it's the case that, you know, there's some areas where people talk about residential broadband and look at what you can pay for fiber to your home in Korea or France or Japan. We don't look so good in that comparison. No. In wireless service, some countries are much worse. A lot of people are not happy with the pricing of phone service in Canada. And they point to that when saying this is why you shouldn't let Sprint and T-Mobile merge because when you go from four to three, people are ripped off there.
1: Right with that potential merger of Sprint and T-Mobile, you think it's going to happen? And how does a GSM company and a CDMA company merge? That seems kind of an awkward technology pairing. So originally, I thought this was probably going to go through.
2: This is not a White House, which has a huge problem with concentrated corporate power, to put things as gently as possible. Uh, But this has been dragging on and on, and there's lots of voices getting raised against it. And The news in the last couple of days has been oh, Sprint and T Mobile are going to have to find other concessions to throw in. We'll spin off this much more spectrum, give you all these other things if you let this go through. So I am getting less and less confident that this will actually happen. The question is not so much, you know, can Sprint and T Mobile merge to operate a good network? What's that do for competitive dynamics in the US? And that's hard to say because traditionally Sprint and T Mobile have both been the sort of challenge your firms that have really aggressive pricing t-mobile because you know they saw that as they're out they didn't have a super awful network around 2012 but it was not as good as at&t and verizon right so they said well, what can we do to give people some other reason to buy with us so they did things like get rid of contracts let you bring your own phone and not punish you for doing that sprints network has been horrible for a long time like i basically dropped them because i was tired of waiting for them to bring lte to the dc market so they've had very aggressive pricing their network has improved i've seen it in surveys from like root metrics open signal PC Mag. all these ones have said you know sprints network is good not on the same level as everyone else but if you were going to automatically veto it maybe you don't want to do that
1: anymore all right well, hold that thought rob because we've got more to talk about with cell carriers and What to think about as a consumer. We come back. It's Pop Tech Radio.
0: It's Dodge Performance Days, where that new car smell gets replaced by the scent of burned rubber. With Dodge Charger and its available best-in-class 485 horsepower, Dodge Challenger Hellcat Red Eye with up to 797 horsepower and 707 pound-feet of torque, and the powerful 7-passenger Dodge Durango. Hurry in for great deals now at Dodge Performance Days. Warren's large regular car vehicle segment, Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
1: We are back It's Pop Tech Radio Mike Etchart with Rob Peguerrero. He, of course, is a contributor to thewirecutter.com, one of our favorite websites around here. They are a New York Times company, in case you didn't know, and he is a contributor and he has the uh, the article about the best cell phone plans. And we you know we were talking, Rob, on the break there, and Cody, our producer, mentioned, you know, I assume it's a business decision for the big four. Sprint, T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon to have other brands on their network. Does that hinder the performance of their network, or is that just a business decision they all make and they all need in this current environment? It's a business decision.
2: You know, the traditional rationale for prepaid plans, back when you had phones sold on two-year contracts that subsidized the handset price, what do you do if someone's a credit risk? You don't want to sell them a subsidized phone and maybe not be able to recoup it. So that's how you had prepaid plans that didn't have contracts, were much cheaper, but also you had to pay full price for the phone. So in some cases, you have legacy prepaid brands to stick around because they've always been there, I guess. If you're Sprint, you had this many people who've been on Boost Mobile for forever, they seem to like it. Do you want to spend the time and effort to retire that? I don't know. The interesting case is when companies will resell their bandwidth to their network capacity to outside resellers, MVNOs, Mobile Virtual Network Operators. And that, you can essentially think of that as sort of like... Subcontracting out your customer acquisition. If your expertise is not, say, marketing to people who want cheap international calling so they can call their relatives back home and now be able to handle that. If you want somebody who's good at marketing to, uh, I don't know, millennials, or I don't know how you'd market to a Gen Xer such as me, you have a lot of grunge music from the 90s in your ads. Um, <laughs> so it's worked amazingly well. And it's really fascinating when you compare the wireless industry to residential broadband. Like, do you really think Comcast or Verizon knows everything about how to sell broadband to everyone in the service area? Why isn't there reselling? And there basically hasn't been since the government required it back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and you had lots of companies reselling the phone company's digital subscriber line service, which was good because back then, Verizon's DSL was
1: horrible. (laughs) You did not want to get broadband from them. You wanted to get it from a company reselling it. Well, and it's so interesting to see all this stuff lay out. And if you take a really broad look, I'm trying to remember, when did the government break up the Bell system? And it's kind of like, you know, you're taking a, let's say a coffee mug and you slam it on the ground and it breaks into a hundred different pieces. And then you watch it slowly put itself back together. What the government tried to do back, I guess it was in the eighties, break up all this stuff. And now we're back condensed into these major big players and it's getting even less and less people with AT&T now buying my former employer's Warner Brothers. And, and all of these, what used to be referred to as dumb pipes, now getting in the content business with Comcast owning Universal. Universal. and it, Exactly. It, it is funny that there was a very purposeful effort to break this stuff up, and yet now it's all back together again, which is never a good thing in my book. And in terms of, again, comparing with the rest of the world – are we kind of messed up when it comes to our cellular system? Cellular system, honestly, would say not that much. We
2: have four companies that compete really aggressively. The problem is you want competition, it's at the local level, where for lots of Americans, the only viable option is their local cable company. You know, DSL just has not been able to keep up with cable speeds. A lot of phone-based telecom companies don't want to invest in DSL, and so they have the same speeds they offered 10 years ago, and that's it. That is not so much a factor of consolidation, which I agree it's been scary. The example I hear used is not so much break a coffee cup, watch it reconstitute itself, more like from Terminator 2, <laughs> blow up the T-1000, watch it its molted pieces reconstitute themselves, and then resume. A better analogy spree.
1: than my coffee cup one, by the way. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, but in each of those cases, back when, before you had this quest to sort of reunify AT&T, because I think it was – SBC bought Pac-Bell and all these other companies, it wasn't as if there was more competition in those submarkets, And in fact, that was the, the, in retrospect, really creepy and depressing sales pitch Comcast offered when they wanted to buy Time Warner. They said, there's no competition in all the markets which we operate. No one is losing choice. And it's like, well, thank you for reminding me of how terrible things are.
1: <laughs> but can <laughs> right. I feel good about this? Because I don't. Yes. So back to cell phones. You know, I sort of mentioned all these in the same breath because maybe, you know, with, with me at my house right now and I've got Spectrum, might I have a 5G broadband connection in the semi-near future and maybe will I be able to punt Spectrum? Will the mobile carriers be stepping into the broadband business with 5G? Question mark. It's definitely possible. But define near
2: term. So, for instance, the possibility of it, you can see what Verizon rolled out in places like Sacramento and Houston. 5G wireless broadband based on millimeter wave spectrum, no data caps, exactly what you'd want, priced at a not crazy rate, under 100 bucks, Perfectly reasonable. But the coverage is so limited. And the more people have looked at it, it turns out that this is not how you're going to bring broadband to the masses with millimeter wave 5G. You could do it with lower frequency 5G. That's what T-Mobile has said they're going to build their 5G network on. But they haven't lit that up. Sprint, they're going to have it on a bunch of different frequencies, but they showed actual coverage maps at the MWC, the Mobile World Congress trade show in Barcelona, really limited to the point where I think they were saying it'd be like 50 square miles of 5G coverage in uh, Chicago or Dallas, which are both really large cities. So I want 5G to succeed. I want to believe, as the uh, (laughs) The the X-Files poster (laughs) says. But I'm less confident that it's going to make a huge difference anytime soon, and while you have lots of existing technologies that do have enough speed, uploads and downloads, they all come with data caps. And once you have that in place, you know, it's it's bad enough if your cable ISP says you can't put more than 400 gigabytes a month up and down, but wireless data caps are more like 10, 25 gigs, so you know, one software update from Apple and you're doomed.
1: Exactly. Well, on that note, we got to take a quick break. We, of course, are talking to Rob Pegarero. He is from The Wirecutter. We're talking cellular carriers, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad. And we've got more when we come back on PopTech Radio. Hey, you are listening to Pop Tech Radio. Mike Etchart with Rob Peguerrero. He is the contributor to The Wirecutter, and we are talking cellular service. Love, hate, what's the deal? What, what do you like about your cellular carrier? What do you dislike? Rob, in general, does anybody like their cellular carrier? You know,
2: <laughs> so there's this, uh, there's this group at the University of Michigan, the, the American Customer Satisfaction Institute, and they do actual surveys, actually. So let me bring up the uh, most recent one. They look at industry sectors one at a time. and Let's take a look and see how wireless carriers do industry-wide. It can't be good. Overall satisfaction score for 2018 was 74 out of 100, which you might say not great. But let's take I a look. I think difference. that's pretty good. Yeah, Internet service providers, most recent survey, oof,
1: <laughs> 62 Oh my. Now th- even that seems higher than I would have guessed. I mean everybody gripes about their cell carrier, everybody gripes about their internet service provider. Um but if they're if the wireless carrier is TV service, also
2: 62.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with him on that. Um, but, or, or less. But but so See, by and airlines large, are seventy four, so no worse than that. It could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah. At least for me, and I have the same problem with my bank, is I hate them. But I, it's such a hassle to change them. I just put up with it. Is that kind of the attitude most people have with their cellular carriers? Or, most, or, or do people kind of bounce around quite frequently these days?
2: Well, you can. You know, if you remember, it used to be you had to give up your number when you switch carriers. And the, yes. the carriers all said, you know, wireless number portability is going to be a huge problem. This is not something that's that big of a deal to our customers. And the FCC forced that through. And so, yeah, it's it's a good functioning market in that sense, in part because of good old-fashioned government regulation. The yes. heavy hand of the regulatory state. Sometimes <laughs> it sometimes does something good. Yes. So I don't know. I actually don't hear that many complaints about wireless service. Where I hear it all the time in the area of telecom is things like pay TV big time. People cannot yeah. stand the fees that your cable and your satellite company cram in there. Things like data caps from your internet company. Uh, if the people are really angry with cause are the ones who there may be a few thousand feet from where, the cable broadband service ends and the cost yes. to get connected is more than a few thousands of dollars and like what are you going to do? Yeah. Survive on dial up in 2019 that that's not a great state of affairs.
1: No, it's not. So when you're at family gatherings and people just kind of casually say, "Hey Rob, you know I know you write about this stuff. I'm going to move to a different carrier. Who do you recommend?
0: What do you so say that, at that
1: at that family party?"
2: It depends. Like that's where you really do need to look at what is their coverage going to be like, where you live, where you're going to work in between? For a lot of cases, there's not a huge difference. But if you're in a rural area or you're in a really dense neighborhood where in-building coverage could be an issue, that's going to be important. And even then, it varies. You know, Most newer Android phones will support this band, the T-Bomba, I think it's Band 71. It's a low-frequency LTE band, which solves the problem they've usually had where you get into a building, and I can think of specific places in D.C. where my older phone I have here, a first-generation Google Pixel that will probably get replaced by the Pixel 3a I just saw at Google I.O. last week, Drop service from T-Mobile because it doesn't support that ban. It's only using higher-frequency ones that, you know, you run into enough brick or concrete or whatever, they stop.
1: Yeah. And I think that's probably the biggest complaint that most people have, which is, it doesn't work inside my house, you know, or it works much more poorly than it does when I'm outside the house. And I work in a work environment where, From where I'm sitting right now, I'm looking out in the parking lot. I see people on their cell phones because they they don't work inside the office. (laughs) (laughs) uh, At uh, least it gets you to get up and take a walk every. There you go. Exactly, it gets you out of the out of the office a little bit. But that seems to be one of the biggest complaints. And and to be honest, I think my complaint really, and it's my complaint with internet service providers as well, is is just the ongoing costs. These are publicly traded companies, and they are under tremendous profit pressure from their shareholders, and that means they're going to raise their prices. and, you know, it's it's that escalating. I think I mentioned in my, my earlier comments, you know, we're hooked. We cannot live without our mobile devices. And they know that. They know they may lose me as a customer, but they're going to pick it up with somebody else. So we're not going anywhere. These are costs that we, we just write into our, our overall budget. But that continues to go up and i have a pretty good deal i, I have i'm on at and with five cell phones and and i pay a little north of 200 bucks which is about as that's a, not bad, for not bad. Yeah. Ex- exactly and i've you know I, I i kind of have a legacy deal with a company i used to work for the i'm no longer there but i still get that discount and they all do kind of corporate discounts with big yep you know with big companies that that people potentially work with um but you know, it's 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 gonna. It just keeps creeping up, just like the internet bill. And and so, you know, a generation ago, that was in my case, let's say two hundred and fifty dollars, that just was not part of my budget. But that's a big deal now. You know, whatever we pay for cell phones and internet is is a pretty substantial expense. My
2: Although guess is that- the, the the issue I come with into a a lot is people who are on a really old plan and they haven't changed it. They don't realize that they're now getting ripped off because even with the various inflation you know t-mobile has has hiked up the price to add tethering to your unlimited plan three or four times over the last two or three years uh the price you pay for whatever increment of broadband you want mega megabits megabytes gigabytes whatever has gone down so if you're on some old plan from say like four years ago you should really get off that because you're almost certainly paying too much if that plan was one that had you on a two-year contract you're definitely getting ripped off, because you're not getting the subsidized phone price anymore, but you're paying rates that reflect that subsidy.
1: It's funny you mention that. I, I've almost forgotten that there was a time when your handset was subsidized. It hasn't been that long since that's been gone, but that was always, you know, and I was pretty early on the iPhone, that was always the great deal about oh, my, my two years is almost up, and I can get a new, Yeah, again.
2: exactly, and it, it was a horrible system, and, and not just because of the way it constrained people to behave in weird ways it left wireless carriers in charge of what phones go on the market and what features are on those phones. And their record in that regard is pretty terrible. You know, Apple with the iPhone at least was able to say at and you, you cannot put six different AT&T apps on our beautiful smartphone. You can't do that. You can't put your logo on the back of it, et cetera. Whereas if you bought a phone for Verizon or Sprinter t mobile at the same time, it would come with all those extras. Um,
1: that's a big difference. Years. By the way, that was a big deal at the time, and I've and I've forgotten that too. How important of a of a of a game changer that was in terms of that relationship between the handset maker, in this case Apple, and their at that time singular provider, which was AT&T, which actually it was Singular's. And it was that's right. As I was saying, as I, I was coming out of my mouth, I was thinking, oh my God, that's irony. But on that note, we got to take a break. We're talking to Rob Peguerrero, He's from The Cutter. We got more and we come back on cell
0: phones. Weird, boxy, funky, fun, iconic. You can call the Kia Soul a lot of things but you can never call it boring. And now, with a wide variety of newly adapted trims, it's time to expand your vocabulary. The adventure-hungry Urban Explorer Soul X-Line, the stylish tech-savvy Soul EX, and the relentlessly athletic turbocharged Soul GT Line Turbo, the new species of Soul, the 2020 Soul. Give it everything.
1: Pop Tech Radio, Mike Etchart with Rob Peguerrero. He is a contributor to The Wirecutter. We are talking cellular plans. Rob, let's get down to the down and dirty. Let's talk about good and bad of each AT&T to start with. That is my carrier at the moment. What's the good? What's the bad?
2: So they've always had a pretty strong network. Their pricing has not been so great. It's gotten better over the last few years where the price you would pay for unlimited data plus hotspot has gotten significantly better and, in fact, at this point now undercuts T-Mobile's price for the same thing. Mm. So I like that. I don't like the international roaming, which used to be terrible and now it's merely, it's okay. You know, okay. For, for one or two days abroad, it's all right, but it's no better than Verizon and it's not as good as Sprint and T-Mobile.
1: Well, then let's talk about Verizon. If I'm not mistaken, is Verizon the number one carrier in terms of just subscribers at the moment? Yep, single biggest. So
2: they've consistently had the best network in everybody's Pretty much everyone surveys, although some have found that T-Mobile is a little better in terms of network performance. That's why T-Mobile says the, the nation's fastest LTE network. Not not the biggest, not the most comprehensive, <laughs> <Right>. fastest. <laughs> their pricing has also gotten pretty competitive. They've improved their game that way. And I have to note also one of the other places I write for is Yahoo Finance, which is a media property of Verizon's media division, Verizon ah. Media. But that doesn't actually get me a discount on my Fios, so don't take that too far.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, now, and I'm not sure who's bigger, Sprint or T-Mobile? Who's bigger T-Mobile's bigger than Sprint. Uh, let's so, go
2: T-Mobile. So yeah, T-Mobile's been historically great at breaking up industry bad habits. They've gotten not so great as they've sort of thrown in little price hikes for things like the, the add-ons to their unlimited plan. But on the other hand, they have a good service. Their network has probably improved more than anybody else over the last five years. And pro tip, if any of your listeners are on T-Mobile, you really do want to install the T-Mobile Tuesdays app, even though it's kind of chatty and nags you a lot. Uh, it's good. You know, they have gotten enough freebies, like $10 credits on Lyft or whatever, that it's a nice little bonus.
1: Okay, T-Mobile. I mean, I'm not a T-Mobile customer, so I didn't even know about that. Just and Sprint. international roaming, too. Oh, well, that's, that is fairly big if that is yeah. something that one does. And last but not least, Sprint. Good and bad.
2: Sprint, super aggressive pricing. Like, they have had to win over customers So yeah, if you want to save money, especially if you've got multiple lines, if you're porting over your number from another carrier, they've got really good deals. Their network is not as great as it used to be. They trail the others in a lot of ways, but you can certainly save a lot of money that way. You know, Lots of people would have ruled them out three years ago, and I don't think you can do that anymore.
1: Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So as we said, your mileage may vary, and every carrier on their website has their coverage map, right? So depending on where you live go look. Because I can certainly tell you where I live, what works, what doesn't work. And I at one point had, through work and through personal, I had an iPhone on at and and Verizon. And it was interesting just going in the county that I live in and seeing where each one was strong and weak. And those are you know arguably the big two, really. And it's just interesting to see where one cuts off, one maybe stays, and vice versa. So again, your mileage may vary. And, and I'll
2: put in a plug for a third-party site, RootMetrics, R-O-O-T, mm-hmm. Metrics, M-E-T-R-I-C-S, dot com. You can go there, plug in a location, and see their data of everyone's coverage throughout that.
1: Oh, layer so, on top of each other. That's yes, and they, they do their
2: own automated drive testing, so that's a good reality check on how good coverage actually is in those places.
1: Root metrics. excellent. That is a great tip. Thank you for that. Before we let you go, Rob, you were up at Google I.O., how was it, and what was your takeaway? Anything earth-shattering that you learned up there?
2: Earth-shattering, no. I'll call it two things. One, the return of the good, cheap phone. The Pixel 3a, $399, basically the same camera as on the Pixel 3 XL. You have a plastic back, like I care. You have a headphone jack. I do care. I hate <laughs> when people get rid of that that's a great deal and I'm glad Google is not just selling it on their own they've got uh, Verizon and Sprint and T-mobile lined up and sell it in their own stores that should get that phone more attention uh, the other thing is Google is paying more attention to privacy the next version of Android is going to have a lot of new controls you will finally as you can in iOS today be able to tell an app you can't get my location unless I'm actually using you at the time they're tracking me at the background Google has already rolled out a feature where you can have your web and app activity history erased automatically after 3 or 18 months instead of it being kept indefinitely until you delete the whole thing. Are they going to do the same thing with your location history? Those are good steps. Remains to be seen. They had talked in vague terms about a future version of Chrome. will let you limit the amount of tracking other companies do. But they didn't talk default settings or exactly how those would work. So watch that space.
1: Interesting. That is a st- steps, I should say, in the right direction. So Rob, thanks for joining us. Can we do this again? Because I think we're going to kind of continue sure to revisit cell phones and the like. So it's and been a we'll pleasure to have, have you. On. And that's why we need you. Absolutely. So check out Rob on thewirecutter.com. His comparison of the best cell phone plans are there. Great to have him on. And thanks for listening today. This has been Pop Tech Radio. We are syndicated around the country on the wonderful stations that carry us through Radio America. We do appreciate that. And we, of course, are podcasts. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts including Apple iTunes where I happen to get mine big thanks to Cody Castleberry my producer engineer and guy who keeps me on track so without him man I would suck so thanks for listening today it's been Pop Tech Radio we will see you next time
0: The big news from Subaru is the all-new 3-Row Ascent. It's the biggest SUV from Subaru ever. There's room for seven or eight passengers with a choice of second-row captain's chairs or bench seating. It'll tow up to 5,000 pounds. It has the interior space you need for your whole crew. And it gets you where you want to go with the safety of a Subaru, including standard symmetrical all-wheel drive. The all-new 3-Row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. Maximum towing capacity varies by trim level, and trailer brakes may be required. See your retailer for details.